Back in the early 80s, there was a commercial for Starburst. Maybe some of you remember it. Like most commercials, it featured young, attractive, incredibly enthusiastic people who would eat a Starburst candy and a ginormous fruit would fall down from the sky. With something about flavor, I don't know. My brother would have been about three years old at the time, and he very enthusiastically asked our mother to buy him some Starburst. And you cannot imagine his frustration and disappointment when he popped that candy in his mouth, he looked up at the sky intently and said, where's the giant fruit? <laughs> I had a friend growing up who was positive that the world used to be sepia-toned, and then it became black and white, and that was why old pictures and movies looked the way that they do. Probably, all of us have memories like that. A time in childhood where we understood the world in magical, not entirely logical, often utterly unhelpful ways. Paul hit the nail on the head. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Paul makes it sound so straightforward. Once I was a child, then I was not, as though it happened neatly, cleanly, all at once. We know that that is not the case. We call our stories of growing up coming-of-age stories because we know it happens gradually, chaotically, and not at all in a straight line. Everything about the way that growing up happens, even from infancy, and being there in the life of children and youth, it's never exactly what we expect. In the old show Scrubs, two of the characters are discussing wanting to have a baby together. The husband asks, well, what's it gonna be like having a baby? The wife responds, Dr. Cox said it's like having a dog that slowly learns to talk. And the husband replies, awesome. Maybe, maybe it's not quite that. See, we grow up and things change. When we're children or as parents, we get startled, frustrated, amazed, overjoyed, and so often just plain confused. Becoming an adult, growing in wisdom and in stature, it's an intricate and in many ways miraculous process. And one of the things that I think we often don't think about too much is that Jesus also grew up. Jesus was a baby with parents who grew into adulthood, and we have one story of this in-between space, just the one. You remember, Jesus and his parents made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, and he was 12 years old. And this is a fascinating detail because you might recall 13 was their age of adulthood. But at the age of 12, you got a sort of provisional adult status. You participated in the study of scriptures, and you could make vows, but your parents had to approve of them before they were going into effect, just to, to keep them safe. In this story, Jesus is almost, but not yet, a grown-up. So if you're going to compare this story to how we raise kids in our culture, Jesus was a teenager, grown-ish, but still something of a child. 
And Jesus decided to stay in the temple after his parents left. It wasn't an accident. They didn't forget him, and he didn't run away. He decided to stay there. On the cusp of adulthood, he saw where he needed to be, and he didn't really feel the need to let his parents know. Now, I've never raised teenagers, but I'm guessing for those of you who have, this is a bit of a familiar situation. As their inner life and ideas grow, they often feel like you don't need to know as much about, about all of that. But that's really part of what makes this story so fascinating. Jesus is growing into the man he will be, and he disobeys his parents. Not think about that old honor your father and mother commandment. The Jesus who will be is already shining through, the child that is. His parents are frantic, but he asks them, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? And they had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> also, perhaps a familiar experience. Interestingly, this is a really hard passage to translate because Jesus didn't actually say house. You might have heard other translations of this passage that say, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? The troublesome word in this sentence is not a noun at all. See, in ancient Greek, if you were positive that the reader or listener knew what you were referring to, you could just use a definite article instead of ever actually using the noun that you were getting at. So what the Greek actually says is, didn't you know that I needed to be in my father's the? <laughs> That's it. The the in the question is plural, so it's a hint. And we, we know we can take that in a lot of directions, because what the Father has in store for Jesus is not one thing, not one place. It's abundant. It is everywhere. And it's more than his earthly parents can really get at. Even so, when the dust settles, Jesus goes back and obeys his parents. It says obey, very clear. Jesus is not a disobedient child, he obeys. And then he continues to grow in wisdom and in years. This morning, we're celebrating the graduation of our confirmation class. We welcome new members and we remember the world-changing rush that is that first Pentecost. Trying to put all of these things into a singular celebration, it occurred to me that in the life of faith, these coming-of-age moments are not a one-time thing. We do not reach faith adulthood and find out that we're done with that part. The Spirit is done with us. There's no need for us to grow anymore. The 12 apostles certainly had a robust faith, they left everything to follow Jesus. But while he was still with them, they could be disciples of a teacher. Let him take the lead and hang in the back and do as they were told. But on Pentecost, with a sound like the rush of a violent wind, tongues that looked like fire appeared and rested on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In that moment, before a crowd of certainly startled witnesses, they graduated in their faith. 
They crossed a previously unknown threshold and became leaders in the early church, certainly still following Jesus, but in a new and different way. For them, this was graduation day, and it was certainly only the beginning. Paul reminds us that now we know only in part. So it's our responsibility to remember that and to take that seriously. Isaiah tells us that we were made by God, formed in the womb by God, and chosen by God. But that doesn't mean that we're left alone to struggle down weary paths of faith. God says, I will help you. Do not fear, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. I invite you in this moment to look around, listen, be still. Do you feel the Spirit? Do you feel God's blessing? Because it is here, now, and always. It's holding you up and guiding you on your way. In the triune God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, we find the source of our strength, the first and the last, everything we need to make it through and even to grow. So today, we do not just celebrate our youth coming of age or those who choose this day to join our fellowship of faith. Today, we rejoice in the knowledge that the Spirit makes it possible for each of us to come of age again and again. The restless movement of the Spirit is certainly beyond our control, and it is beyond our comprehension, but miraculously, it rests on each one of us. In this day, we remember that true faith is a gift from God, but it's not a gift that we receive fully formed. It's a gift of possibility, a gift of partnership. It reminds us that like the confirmands, we can study and question and struggle to find a faith that is truly our own and not just one that we can parrot back to preachers or parents or teachers. Like those who join us today, we can realize that where we invest our love and our life helps us to grow and shapes us as children of the Spirit. Like Jesus, we can see that sometimes we have to break the rules a little bit to have those watershed moments of clarity and understanding, and that's okay. Like those apostles at Pentecost, we can finally understand that the power of the Spirit is beyond what we could ever do alone. My friends, we are heirs to all of this and more. And so do not tremble to think that these marvelous things are too much for broken, imperfect you. If you behold all of this and struggle to ask, is it mine, even me? Feel the Spirit embrace you, 
with the boundless yes of our almighty God in Christ Jesus. Let your hearts be free as they open to that restless Holy Spirit. Amen.